It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box, the show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a Monday, October 3rd, the LA Galaxy. 1-1 draw with Real Salt Lake. That's not the big news. The big news is the LA Galaxy clinched a playoff spot the first time since 2019. Uh, The second time... Uh, in the last, what, since 2017 and the 20th time overall in franchise history. So when you look at it that way, it doesn't feel like the Galaxy have been going through a giant drought. We're going to talk about the game, see what we saw from that, the good, the bad, maybe some improvements that need to be made as the Galaxy get ready for a game against the Houston Dynamo coming up on Sunday. It's decision day. That game has a lot of implications. We're going to talk about those, get you through it. Some player of the year voting, defender of the year vote. I don't know. It's We got a packed show. We got a lot of things to get to. To help us on this wonderful journey we have of looking at the LA Galaxy and all of the fun soccer stuff is the one, the only Mr. Kevin, the Panda Baxter, who is who is not in his normal seat, Kevin. Tell everybody where you are. I'm in an undisclosed location. I'm off the grid. <laughs> you're, you're off the grid. You're, you're south of the border, though. I am. I am in Veracruz, Mexico. I uh, just flew in today, and boy, am my arms tired. And, and by the way, um, COVID is not in the rearview mirror here in Mexico. Everybody got to wear a mask everywhere. Got to wear it indoors. Go into the shopping center, shopping malls and stuff. They take your temperature. You got to uh, rub down with the disinfectant and all that stuff. Oh, and by the way, I, I got um show everybody that I learned my lesson. Look at the cap is off the water bottle this uh-huh. week. Yes. This is Mexican water, though, so I guess I can't drink it anyways, right? <laughs> that's not, that's not, I, if that's the case, I think you're in trouble already, being the cap is off and you've already taken a sip. But yes, well, I think yeah, you're fine. And, and by the way, if, if people that are just listening to us have no idea what we're talking about. Hey, we have moving pictures now. Come <laughs> on, get with the program. Yeah, yeah, that's not that's not how it works. You're you're on uh, Veracruz uh, uh, internet right now, so we'll we'll be lucky. And your computer, which already doesn't like American yeah. inter- no, no, internet. No, Veracruz internet is, is not working. And by the way, speaking of COVID, so the woman next to me, I left LA at eleven fifty nine last night. Had to go to Houston, then Houston to to Veracruz. The woman sitting next to me got on the plane and, and rubbed down the seat. You know, when you get on the plane, they they give you that little disinfectant wipe. She wiped down the whole seat, put on her face mask, which you didn't have to do in in the U.S., but she did. So I thought, wow, you know, she's really cautious and, and knows that, you know, COVID's still around. But then the entire flight, she just kept hacking up. So either she had COVID or bubonic plague, one or the other. One or the other. Um, it was a, by the way, happy birthday to Zlatan Ibrahimovic. You still can't say his uh, name right, even even whenever it's right. his birthday. 
It's he's 41 today. And he hasn't played a game this season. You know, I, I don't I don't know if you know what happened to him last year. He he finished the season. He wanted to get Milan over the edge and get that title. He played the end of the season without any uh, ligaments in his left knee, so he had to go in for another operation and probably won't play for another couple more weeks. Well, I mean, the man is uh, seems like he'll just keep playing, though. I mean, most people would have quit by now. Uh, not Zlatan Ibrahimovic. I know I saw the uh, saw uh, MLS, I think, and, and, you know, a bunch of Bleacher Report and everybody was sort of showing again what what we had was Zlatan here. Let's uh, let's go, though, and look at this L.A. Galaxy 1-1 draw against Real Salt Lake. Um, Back to the players for the first time since Zlatan left. Yeah, exactly. Um, remember, they almost qualified in 2018, didn't they? Uh, qualified in 2019, uh, won their first round playoff at game at Minnesota, and then got bounced by LAFC, or now the Supporter Shield winners here in 2022. Um, and then you had the 2020 season, which was not going to happen. That was the pandemic season, so that one uh, that one fell completely flat. G- Guillermo Barrascoloto lost his uh, his job there. The Galaxy in the playoffs all of last year. Now, Kevin, all of last year they were in the playoffs, except for the final about 10 minutes or 10 seconds of that game. It was and and the team that knocked them out was the Real Salt Lake team. Um, Real Salt Lake took their spot in 2018 as well. Yeah, so this was this was a little bit of a grudge match. Uh, whenever you look at it, so now you have the LA Galaxy back in playoffs. Galaxy can finish, Kevin, as high as third in the Western Conference, as low as seventh in the Western Conference. Well, what we were talking about before we came before we started the pod is. The great thing about that is it's all up to the Galaxy. If they win, they are no lower than fourth, and they are possibly third. If they lose, they open the door to all kinds of stuff. They could still wind up in fourth. If everybody else loses, they're still fourth. Right. They won't go up to third. They're still fourth. They still get a home game. But it's in their own hands. If they win, they cannot be denied a home game. Yep. Yeah, and and that's sort of again. I think you pointed it out, and it was important going into the RSL game. It's important now going into the Houston game is that that sense of control within themselves. Um, in this game, though, uh, super interesting. I think that uh, people are a hundred percent right, Kevin. Whenever we look at this one-one draw, and we say that the LA Galaxy could have easily won this game, right? They had the firepower. They actually had the 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 XG to show. I mean, Ricky Pooch hit one off the crossbar. Uh, let's see, Kevin Cabral hit one off the upright, right? I mean, there's there was there were chances there for the LA Galaxy to convert. They had a penalty kick that they missed. Ricky Pooch missed. Uh, the Galaxy now have uh, been given the most penalties in all of Major League Soccer with 14 and they've missed more penalties than any other team in Major League Soccer with five so they've missed five of their 14. Um, By the way you, you're right the Galaxy had a lot of chance to win that game but so did we all saw it late yes. in, in, in stoppage time. Yes yeah in stoppage time uh, Justin Glad had the ball that was saved by Jonathan Bond um, right you know a, a foot save we talked to Jonathan Bond after the game that that shot was there. Um, and then you also had the chance where Justin glad had a wide open goal. Uh, Jonathan bond said that everything sort of went in a little bit of slow motion. Uh, and he couldn't believe what he was seeing with Justin glad sitting there with a wide open header. Uh, he was not marked. It was to the near post. It was a wide open half of the goal basically. Uh, and all Justin glad had to do was knock that down into the, uh, into the corner and RSL would be jumping up and the LA galaxy would have problems. Uh, but instead, Kevin, what we saw was, uh, was that Justin glad missed that header. So, Galaxy got really lucky in some ways and unlucky in other ways. Um, but overall, for me, if we're looking at this game, I'm 
I, you know, I asked the question to Greg Vanny. I said, you know, that it seemed like it was a very physical game, or at least it was physical, physically one-sided. Um, I thought RSL was very much the more physical team, and they had to be. They didn't have the technical ability, I think, to stay with the LA Galaxy, right? Well, they are, they're also desperate, and I think when you're desperate, you you play more physical. Yeah, and certainly you can. But again, RSL isn't going to out-technical the Galaxy, not with Ricky Puj, not with you know Gaston Brugman in there, not with Douglas Costa, not with Chicharito, not with the guys that they had out on that field. You know, Even Julian Araujo is a pretty technical guy, even though he's one of the more physical guys on the LA Galaxy, but what you also saw was Kevin Stott, who was retiring after this game, referee for in Major League Soccer for a while. I'm usually, and I usually consider Kevin Stott a, a fairly good referee. Um, you know, not not great, not horrible. He tends to get lost sometimes in the game, and this was a game where I thought he got lost in very, very quickly. Um, I thought, well, he, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think one of the things got lost, the, 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 the penalty kick on which the Galaxy scored, the cost of penalty kick, I didn't hear a lot of people talking about, it, but to me it was obvious. If you remember how that was set up, a gr another great pass from Ricky Puj launches Chicharito into the box. He is uh, he's going to score a goal. The RSL defender that's beaten has to trip him and take him down. It's the only chance he had. And at first, Stott uh, does not call the penalty. Nope. It seemed pretty obvious. He did not call it. He was going to let play go on. Chicharito wisely, I don't think he was hurt that bad, but Chicharito, I think, summed up the situation – Stayed on the ground a long time, long enough for the. Oh, did we lose you? We've been doing so good. Yeah, I think we lost you. It's okay. You're gonna call back, and and then and then we will we will make sure that yeah. Oh, wait, hold on. Perhaps perhaps we got you back. But you said he stayed on the ground long enough. Yeah, long enough for for the referee to decide. I better check with VAR. He's not doing anything else. The referee just standing there. Yeah, and I guess he got a call and said, "You better come look at this." I don't know if. There were some reports that the VAR wasn't even working, and he just went over and talked to the VAR officials. But in any case, if Chicharito pops up and says, let's keep playing, that never happens. I thought that was a really veteran, smart veteran move on Chicharito's part. Sure, sure. I don't think that was the case. I, I would disagree with that whole thing. I think Chicharito is going to stay down because he has to really sell that. Um, if you remember, the Galaxy got two penalty kicks. They should have been awarded three. Uh, the first one was Ricky Puj. That was the one that, that Ricky was uh, in the first half and that uh, he took himself and had it blocked by uh, McMath. And that was not a it wasn't a great take. It was a really good foul, though. It was it was absolutely a penalty kick. It was clear as day. Definitely a penalty kick. That was fine. Then there's the one that's in stoppage time of the first half. Uh, Chicharito gets a ball. He's on the interior side of Justin Glad, who really has like a huge effect on this entire game. Whenever you think about it, um, he's on the interior side or far post side, sort of of Justin Glad. He takes one touch on the ball and spins to go around it. Now there is an unbelievable amount of contact. In fact, if you looked at all three of the fouls, two of which resulted in penalty kicks, only one of them has, oh, the, the only one that has this amount of contact is the one that happens in that, that second half stoppage time. Now, Chicharito, as Chicharito will do, will absolutely embellish a call, right? But the thing referees, especially in the United States, tend to completely ignore, and Kevin Stott is super guilty of this, is that just because you embellish contact, Kevin, doesn't mean it wasn't a foul. And the bottom line is that until referees start calling fouls for players that stay on their feet, it is up to the player to create that foul, right? So once you feel the contact, once you know you're fouled, you better do something to let the referee know that you are fouled. Because if you don't, they're not going to call it. So referees tend to think that this is 
you know, oh, it's bad actors, it's bad eggs, it's the guys. And you certainly saw that in that call because not only was it a cold stone penalty, right? But instead of calling a foul, instead of pointing to a penalty kick, Kevin Stock gives Chicharito a yellow card for embellishment of the contact. Now, again, yes, he absolutely did. It does not matter in this case. They got it wrong. Uh, and I heard the talking heads over at Major League Soccer trying to say, oh, well, he embell he caused the contact. They also said Justin Glad was in the wrong spot. He wasn't in a good defensive position. He stuck his leg out that caused the contact. But it's still because Chicharito rolled on the ground too hard. It's not a foul. It's such ridiculous doublespeak. And Chicha gets buried with this stuff a lot because he is such a He's he's an actor out there, right? He's absolutely that. And if he wasn't that, he wouldn't get half the calls that he's supposed to get in those boxes. They miss that call. And you can say that Chicharito embellished. I'll agree with you. He, they miss that call 100%. And they will continue to miss that call because a lot of people don't like the way that Chicharito acts whenever he gets fouled. Well, speaking of penalty kicks, so now who's your penalty kick taker? It's not Chicharito ever, ever, ever again. Um, you know, Pooj, I'm, I'm not sure he has played himself through that. I mean, I think right. he'd be someone I would consider. I think if he's on the field, it's day on every single time. But I think Costa really um, would be a guy. He has a hard shot. Um, the, and a goalkeeper is going to have to guess absolutely right immediately to have any chance to stop Costa. His shot is just so hard. I think maybe he's the guy that starts taking him. Clash, you know, Sasha would be another guy. He's not on the field that often. Yep. Vasquez, but, Vasquez would be a guy. He's not on the field, right? It's, for me, it's Douglas Costa. I mean, that's – and. I, I say or, that or Dayon, maybe. I well, Dayon's on the field. It, it, like it, there's all these, like you can go ahead and you can say that there, I think the galaxy have plenty of good penalty kick takers. Just they're not, none of, just none of them are on the field. Yeah. We were, we were joking before Jonathan bond came in to talk to us. We're like, Hey, somebody asked Jonathan bond if he's ever taken any penalty kicks. If he's going to come forward and do that, by the way, uh, $5 super chat from uh, Tim. Tim says, hi, Josh and Kevin. Thank you for all you do. Did you know they were going to start the game going the other direction? Thanks for all uh, you guys do. Uh, Tim, that's a coin flip. And I imagine that RSL won the coin flip and whenever they did, they made the LA galaxy switch. And if I was any team, playing the LA Galaxy, and I won the coin toss at Dignity Health Sports Park, I would make them switch because it always seems to be a weird game whenever it happens. So that's just uh, just mine. Uh, by the way, what the in our chat room? Um, I know people are thinking like I'm not speaking correctly. Uh, this person's name is in the chat. What the? That is their chat name. All one word. What the? Um, and, and so I'm sure I'm saying it wrong, and it's probably some other word that I can't even spell, right? So uh, uh, what the says, you're five for penalty kicks. Uh, so if you had to have five players, Kevin, and let's say they have to be normal starters. So look at the, look at the lineup that we had on a, on a Saturday night with uh, grand Sear, with Chicharito, with Douglas Costa, with Ricky Pooj, with Gaston Brugman, Delgado, Edwards, uh, Caceres, uh, Koulibaly, Araujo and bond. Who are your five guys that are taking your penalty? Okay. Kicks? Costa. Uh-huh. Brugman. Okay. Delgado. Okay, Delgado. Um, 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 Grant Sear, I think. Grant Sear. Oh, you're going to let Grant Sear take one? Okay, okay. That's fine. Well, who else? I, and then. You're not going to let Chicha take one? He's not one of your five? No, 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 no. <laughs> what the, what the says. Uh, I think it's Bali goes before that. Right? What, what the says. Uh, uh, Caceres, uh, Delgado, Brugman, Pooj. 
Costa and Dayon also if he's subbed in late, like that type of thing. But um, you know, we're we're trying to figure it out. You know what? Um, Greg did talk about this. Uh, we asked Greg, look, um, Scott French asked him, look, are you guys going to be practicing penalty kicks? Because or maybe it was maybe it was uh, um, um, Damian asked. Someone asked Greg, look, you know, and you're going to the playoffs now. It could be decided on penalty kicks. Are you guys going to start practicing those? And do you have your five takers? And he sort of suggested that they kind of work on it occasionally and it wasn't that, that big a deal. He also said he had an idea of who they, the five were, but he wouldn't tell us. No. He did say that he was he's cognizant of who, who he wants to take a, a kick. And so if the Galaxy wind up going to extra time um, and, and it's getting to the end, watch the substitutions. Yeah. I think he puts Day on on the field. I, I think um, Question could come in. Yep. comes on the field, yeah. I think you will see some substitutions. I saw a game once, and I can't remember where it was, but it was obviously in a knockout tournament where in the closing seconds, like 119 minutes and something seconds, right. the team switched out goalkeepers because they had a really good goalkeeper on penalty kicks, and they wanted them on the field. I like it. Uh, Paul gave us a $2 Super Chat. says, would you let Kevin Cabral take a PK over Chicharito? Who would you let take a PK? Who gets the first call? Is it Chicharito or is it Kevin Cabral? I, that's an easy you know, answer. I, I, was actually thinking, I was actually thinking about Cabral. I think that would be fun just to see. Could he actually put the ball into the parking lot? Would he miss that badly? <laughs> oh, poor Kevin. Poor Kevin. How come? I, I want to ask a question. All right. And this is just, I, listen, I am very much on the, the opinion that having seen what we've seen over the three designated players, knowing that Chicharito's contract has been renewed from his, his, uh, his performance metrics. We'll talk about that here in a second. Uh, but knowing that he's been renewed, knowing that Douglas Costa still has another year on his contract, knowing that Kevin Cabral has, what, three more years on his contract, whenever you look at it, is which one of the designated players do you trust to bring back with Chicharito next year? Costa. I think I think Costa is starting to grow on everybody. I think he's starting – I think the team is coming to him or, or he's starting to feel good with this mix. I mean, we, we know that Ricky Puj and, and Gaston Brogman have changed the team a lot. Right. I th- and Chicharito scored seven goals with mm. those two on the field together, seven of a 17. And those guys didn't play together until late August. Um, so Chicharito's really feeling them. But Costa's game is different. And I uh, I, I don't know what it is. It's got to be the way that these guys interact with one another. But Costa seems – I mean, he still had that bonehead red card. But Costa just seems to be playing a lot better. And I, Cabral seems to be regressing. So I would, if I had to bring one of the two back, I'd bring Costa back. Regressing would mean that there would be a point higher at some point than where he has been. So do you think he's gone backwards or has he just not yeah, gotten better? Been, I mean, he remember Greg was always playing him and Greg was giving all these reasons about why and all the high work rate and he plays defense. He's not even going there anymore. It's just like... Well, Kevin he knows. Knows. I mean, l- listen, again, everybody thinks that Greg's stupid, right? He's not stupid. He sees everything that everybody else sees and probably more, right? And with Kevin Cabral. I want to know how come the chances don't start until Kevin Cabral comes on the field, though? Because Grand Sir was in that game and might have might as well been MIA the entire game. Didn't create much. Yeah, didn't see Grand something. Grand Sear is playing be- only because he's not Kevin Cabral. <laughs> I mean, I, that means you and I have a chance, too, by the way. Yeah, just exactly. pointing that out. Yeah. That, that's why Grant that that's my thought. Grant Sears on there because he's not Kevin Um if uh, what they gave us a two dollar super chat and says uh last penalty kick, so this is the last penalty kick that the galaxy take. This is to win an MLS Cup. Okay. Uh is it Chicha with the Panenka? Do you let Chicha go with the Panenka or do you get Kevin Cabral? Just a normal penalty kick. Which one would you rather right. have? Well, I, I think I think at that point you gotta go with Chicha, but look at his history. 
Yep. He's missed like 40, we, we did the math today, he's missed over 40% of his penalty kicks lifetime. That's right. with the Mexican national team with Manchester United. You know, the idea about having Jonathan Vaughn take one, it's not that stupid right. because the opposing team is not going to have a book on the goalkeeper. I mean, they know the tendencies of everybody on the field. Can we just all agree that if the Galaxy get into a penalty kick shootout at the end, right, that that the the scores remain tied and now you have to settle it through the extra periods. You've gone through that. Now it is time in the the MLS playoffs. You have to have a winner. So it's going to go to PKs. So if it goes to penalties, can we just admit that the Galaxy lose that game? Because there's there's zero chance. Come on. There's zero chance the LA Galaxy advance on a penalty kick shootout in any of these MLS playoff games. So they better hope to whatever God they pray to that they score first in these games and can run away from some of these teams. Because if it goes down to tide and it goes to penalty kicks, they're losing. They might as well be England. The last playoff game they played under Bruce Arena went to penalty kicks in Colorado, and that was a team with Robbie Keane, Landon Donovan, Steven Gerrard, and G- and Giovanni Dos Santos, and they lost. They lost. They lost. To Colorado. Yeah, I, I, I'm, this idea with Bond is really starting to grow on me. Another thing, I mean, we know that keepers today, because they play the ball in the back, they can handle the ball. They, they have a strong leg. They can kick. But another thing is they know as a goalkeeper what the opposing goalkeeper is going through. They know the mental part of it. Um, there's just a lot of things. I think I'm not saying Jonathan Bond takes penalty kicks from now on. I'm saying it wouldn't be so stupid to make him one of the five. Yeah, I, I, I get it. I get it. I'm, I'm there. By the way, what the says, uh, uh, gave us a $5 super chat and says a Cabral penalty kick. Panenka wouldn't have enough power to reach the goal. I, I would, I, I just, I don't know, but why, how come all the chances get created as soon as Kevin Cabral comes onto the field? How, why is that? Because again, I will, I will point out grand sure did nothing the entire game. And listen, RSL played the game very smartly. Pablo Mastroeni pumped the middle of that field. All right. Now we talked to Greg about this and I said, you know, it seemed physical. It seemed like a, a game where you guys maybe wanted to use the wings a little bit more, but you kept for, it looked like forcing to the middle. And he agreed with that. The Galaxy absolutely were forcing the ball through the middle. Poor Ricky Pooch was sent hospital ball after hospital ball where he was jumping around. How many times that that kid got fouled after he would pass the ball away and still got the ball away all the time? He did very well in those situations. He just continues to impress. Like, as you said, the pass that he got to Chicharito um, that led to the the penalty kick when Douglas Costa converting there um, in the second half was, was an outstanding pass. And so there were things there. The problem with this and the problem that we see with the LA Galaxy is if you pump the middle like RSL did, if you throw a whole bunch of bodies in there in order to disrupt the Galaxy, in order to make you know it harder for Gaston Brugman to operate, in order for harder for Mark Delgado to operate, when you do that, right, the Galaxy need to be able to rely on wings on the outside. Now, Costa, yes, he plays on the outside, but he's going to cut inside. And so they need more from Julian Rajo out on the right hand side. Sometimes they get it. Sometimes they don't. Julian Rajo, very hit and miss for me this year. Um, didn't have a great game against RSL, but I also thought RSL, again, played a pretty good game against them. Grand Sur on the other side, all he needs to be able to do is use some straight line speed in order to get behind and create runs. And apparently he doesn't have it. Um, so he's not the option. If we're if you're looking at anything next year, Kevin, it is to find a serviceable winger. That is it. Somebody who can be dangerous on the ball, somebody who can cut inside when they need to, somebody who can deliver across, who can stretch the field vertically, right? And be somewhat dangerous. Give me a winger that scores six or seven goals on this LA Galaxy team next year, and you have a much, much better LA Galaxy team. 
So that's why I'm yeah. looking at the at the designated players. For me, Kevin Cabral can't come back next year. And so the LA Galaxy have to figure out a way to loan him out or or buy him out, right? And if you only get one buyout, maybe you spend $5 million on Kevin Cabral and you buy him out and you end up, you know, loaning him out to whichever uh, club or selling them to whichever club in France, or maybe you try to shop him upright. Maybe there's somebody who's going to bite and take, they've seen all of the, uh, the film and they can fix the, 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 all, all that ails Kevin Cabral. But for me, while he is the only one between him and Grand Sur who can stretch the field more vertically, run into open spots and cause problems with speed. He can't finish. He can't cross. He can't do any of the things he did. Um, and because of that, that's a, that's a problem. The Galaxy have a problem with designated players. Somebody in the chat, and I don't remember who just said it, uh, they said, wow, can't believe we made the playoffs only having one and a half designated players. And I don't know that that's not true uh, because it feels well, that way. Well, you know, and you mentioned watching film. Everybody's watching. Houston's watching the film of the RSL uh, um, strategy game plan against the Galaxy. I think you're going to see a lot of that until the Galaxy can prove that they can move the ball out wide. That you know that was always a you know Bruce Arena play. His team played so wide, and you couldn't stack the midfield against them. Yeah, I got a great team for Kevin Cabral. It, it, it he would be really good on a 400 meter relay team. <laughs> he he would. He to use his feet and could go running really fast. Ham, maybe. I think Hammerby needs a right winger. That's what I think. I think Hammerby definitely needs a Kevin Cabral signing. Uh, Paul gave us a two dollars super chat. Is Kevin Cabral the worst Galaxy signing of all time? Probably not. Juan, no, pa- Juan Pablo Angel was pretty bad for the LA Galaxy. They ended up shipping him across the uh, hallway to to Chivas USA. If you remember that. Uh, well, what about the they got from Chelsea? Uh, oh, uh, oh, uh, what's his name? Uh, why can't I think? Oh, he used to yell at us. He used to say it wasn't his fault that he sucked so bad. Oh, uh, I had, I just, uh, Cudicini, 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 Carlo Cudicini. Yeah, he was, he was horrible. The problem is for $1.65 million plus transfer fee, Kevin Cabral is a more, more expensive. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, they, they, he certainly is up there for it, you know? Um, but yeah, I would say that there's might be some, Jorgen Shelvick for me was like one of the worst signings, right? And that type of thing. You look at, uh, people, oh, Michael Ciani. Michael Ciani was a pretty, I mean, listen, there's a long list of bad LA galaxy signings, right? But, but they, they, they weren't designated players. I think that's probably the point. Yeah. I think, I think they were looking at designated players, designated players. He might be, he might be. And, and, and the defender from Costa Rica, uh, people Gonzalez. Yes. People again, not a designated player. Yeah, somebody says Steven Gerrard was trash as a as a Galaxy player. Yeah, but he still scored like three or four or five goals or whatever he did. So you know that's better than Cabral. So anyway, yeah, I mean, listen, the bottom line is you're not going to be able to fix the problem with Kevin Cabral here down the line. Um, it's not going to happen. As as better as a matter of fact, I feel better seeing Kevin Cabral come into games that like the Galaxy need a spark in and, and that type of thing to try to get something out of it than I do whenever I see. I think the Victor Vasquez, Sasha Kleshin late subs uh, have been have been hampering the Galaxy um, and certainly trying to slow the play down and, and gain possession. Here's the thing. Greg talked about it. He said it was his fault. And he said this in the press conference. He said it's his fault. He goes, I don't know that I put the best subs out there and I caused us some problems. That was what Vanny said after the after the game. My whole thing is, too, is that whenever they're bringing in guys like Victor Vasquez, whenever they're bringing in guys like Sasha Kleshin, the idea there is to slow the game down and hold possession and be smarter with the ball, right? So what do we see when Victor Vasquez gets out on the field and to try and slow the game down and be smarter with the ball, but like to try to play everything quickly 
uh, to try to move the ball like and make wild passes and try to get like these these really difficult passes into difficult spots. He's making poor decisions whenever he goes out there. It's like he's forcing it. The Galaxy were super, super guilty of forcing every pass on Saturday night. Saying all that, they had probably the better chances on most of the night. If you look at the XG, at least that certainly sort of proves that out. Although 0.7 of that is going to be obviously a penalty kick um, or the two penalty kicks. Um, so, point, you know, 1.4 in that. Um, but having said that, it, they are all guilty of that. But for me, if you're going to have somebody like Victor Vasquez come in, which I agree with in trying to slow things down, Kevin, then they need to actually play and slow things down and gain and retain possession. And what you're seeing from Victor, especially in this last game, is not that. And it's almost like Greg gives him something to do and he goes out there and almost does the opposite because you're not bringing in Victor Vasquez to run your counterattack. You're not bringing in Sasha Kleshin to run a counterattack. There's more build-up play and smart play with the ball whenever you have those guys in. So for me, I question that. And what are you going to do um, with that in the playoffs? Because we've seen the LA Galaxy limp into the end of these games, not accelerate through them. So um, for me, it's a, it's a little bit of a, uh, of a question mark. I think 100% that at one point there, Vanny decided to sit on that lead and go 1-1 and call it a day. Well, we've been talking about designated players. I, I wanted to talk a little bit about Chicharito coming back now. And you can go play with your trains for a while because this is going to take some time. Yes. Um, it, it, everyone saw the clip, I guess, of Chicharito at the press conference when Gio Garcia asked him, um, whether uh, or not he, you know, was planning to come back, or whether this would be his last regular season home game. And actually, I had tweeted out about an hour before that press conference began that that Chicharito was coming back, that he had some performance uh, incentives in his option that they that they were triggered that he would be coming back. Um, nobody knew that ahead of time. I asked Chris Klein about it, and Chris Klein told me that it was 11 goals and 60% of the minutes that Chicharito had to play in order to trigger that clause and that he was coming back. So when Gio asked him, Chicharito's response was, yes, I'm coming back. I remember performance clauses. You guys should know that. And he's right. We should know that. But you know what? We don't know that. And you know why not? Because MLS doesn't tell us any of that stuff. Even when a player signs, they say, um, you know, Gaston Bergman was signed using allocation money. That means he's getting six hundred and twelve over $612,500. It could be six twelve. dollars $501, or it could be $1,612,500. We don't know. MLS just does not tell us that. Why is that important? Okay, well, imagine in the case of Chicharito. He needed 11 goals, and he needed 60% of the playing minutes to get $6 million for next season, right? He triggered those clauses about a month ago, so it never really came into play. But imagine it had. Imagine if he's taking the Panenka. Imagine if he's taking those penalty kicks because he wants to get those 11 goals. Imagine if he's playing minutes when he really shouldn't be on the field. I don't think that's been the case. I think most of the time Chicharito is okay on the field. He's been out there and he's been needed. But imagine if he had. Imagine if he was playing to trigger that uh, that 60% of the minutes, and we didn't know that. Um, that's why I think fans should know that. And soccer is the only, and MLS is the only league in the U.S. that does this kind of stuff. There are websites that you can go to uh, for every major professional sport, and they'll tell you everything about a contract. And um, baseball is by far the best. As soon as the guy signs a contract, it's posted online where everyone can see it. And this is the kind of stuff I'm looking at. You Darvish of the San Diego Padres, his entry on this on this contract list. It says he signed for six years at $126 million. It breaks it down. In, in 
2022, he gets $19 million. In 2023, he gets $18 million. He can opt out of the contract after 2019, which he hasn't done. Um, the club is, is uh, by contract, has to furnish him with a Japanese interpreter. He has no trade uh, protection. He may block deals to all clubs in 2018 and 2019. He may block trade to 12 clubs in 2022 and 2023. It lays all that kind of stuff out. There's no guesswork. You know exactly where the player stands. MLS doesn't do that. And I, 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 I we don't know where the gal Galaxy are on salary cap. We can guess. And then the Players Association does post salaries. They post them at two points in the year. They post them in June and, and then the one will be coming out in the fall. That's the only thing we get. That's posted from the player Association, and the league and the teams will. If you say, hey, it says here that Carlos Vela is getting $5 million, they'll say, we can't confirm or deny that. We're not, just not going to address it. But when you print it, they come to you. I remember Ziggy Schmidt all the time. You guys are wrong on those salary figures. Okay, yep. well, what are they then? Um, I can't tell you. Well, then we're going to go with what we have because that's what we have. If you want to tell us, you know, another thing about Chicharito, too, just to close the thought on, on that – he also said in that press conference, he said, I'm really looking forward to this game. My family's going to be there. We're going to win a playoff berth. We're going to do that for my family. And as he started to walk away, I said, oh, so your parents are coming in for the game. You know, they live in Guadalajara. And he looked at me and said, they've been here for a while. You should know that too. Well, wait a minute. You guys are always saying, leave my family out of this. Write about my soccer. Write about everything I do on the field. Don't talk about my girlfriend. Don't talk about my wife. Don't talk about my family. And now he's mad because we don't know his family's here. Hey, you can't have it both ways. If you want us to focus on your soccer, fine. That's what I prefer to do and leave your family out of it. But now you're going to chastise me because I don't know your, fa your family situation. You right. can't have it both ways. Yeah, there, there's always, there's always, a, and, and as I think you rightfully said, it's like, you know, if Chicharito is taking penalty kicks away from people because he's trying to make it a contract, then that's a motivation for something, right? And so you could sit there. Um, you know, they also pointed out Greg Vanny could have been sitting him while, making sure he didn't get to his minutes clause right he could have they did, they did that with nigel de young remember yep yeah exactly they got rid of him they traded them to make sure he didn't reach his clause right because bruce was going to play him and he was getting close to, to triggering a clause that would have made him a dp yep and dan beckerman did not want him to come back so they traded nigel de young uh, dave sarakin and and bruce still to this day insist that they would have won the mls cup that year if nigel de young had stayed with the team through the end of the season that that's how valuable he was but they didn't want to trigger that clause we found out about after Nigel was gone and he went to, to, I think he went to Turkey and the excuse was his old coach with the Dutch national team was coaching in Turkey and they wanted to be together again. That was a bald faced lie. We found out later that it wasn't true at all, that, that Dan Beckerman and, and AEG wanted to get rid of him before they triggered that, that clause, which made him a DP. Um, you know, I, I think the, forget the media. I think the fans deserve to know that. Oftentimes we're the conduit because they, Chris Klein can't call each one of you guys up and tell you. Uh, so we become the media becomes the conduit. But so now I feel my, find myself in a situation with Chicharito saying, you guys should know that. Okay. Well, the only way we would know that is if we went straight to Chris Klein and said, was there a contract clause that was triggered in this game? And then he would say yes or no. So I guess every Monday we need to call the galaxy <laughs> and get a roster out and said, Louis Naranjo, any contract clauses triggered? None. Okay. How about, uh, how about Kulabali? Anything changed on his contract? We got to go down each guy. Yeah, I know. It's and it, listen, MLS has gotten themselves into trouble about that. We talked about it, I think, last Thursday. But MLS got themselves into trouble about that with I think it was Kaku uh, in New York, basically where he decided that the that New York didn't trigger his clause and that they didn't notify the right agent and stuff like that. And really, MLS keeps everything so close to the vest. There was no like 
press release that said any of this stuff or did any of that stuff. And so now MLS has started to become a little more transparent because we now know how long contracts are. We know if there's a contract option. Now, we don't know what triggers that option, but we, we're getting more details now than we have. It's still minute. It's still a slog to try to get through all this stuff and to guess and to keep things guessing. But that's I, I agree with you on all that. By the way, we got a, a $2 super chat from Robert. Excuse me. Uh, $2 super chat from Robert. Uh, if you were GMs, what wingers would you uh, would you get as DPs? I, I don't know. And especially not now. I need to see who's going to be available whenever they come, whenever the World Cup is over. Right. Because that that's going to change the landscape. This World Cup and this Winter World Cup means that a winter transfer window could be one of the most fruitful tr winter transfer windows ever. And MLS is in a perfect position to capitalize on that because it's their off season, Right. So you're going to get guys coming off that. So I don't know the answer to that. Aaron gave us a two dollar super chat and says your all time worst 11 galaxy lineup. Uh, Kevin Cabral is in there. I think uh, I think we talked about Siani. Uh, let's see. Uh, Sam. Well, um, uh, JPA Juan Pablo and hell was in there. Steven Gerrard might make that list. Giovanni Dos Santos probably makes that list for me. Who's your goalkeeper? Yeah. Cudicino. Cudicini. Cudicini. Could I, I, I did. I didn't like him at all. I still don't. You, like you know, you, you're so right about this transfer window because it does come after the world cup. There are guys that are going to say, Hey, my international career is over. Uh, I, I don't, you know, I don't need to play for a, a top club in Europe or in Latin America. Um, you know, I know it's a, a joke and an old cliche, but it's true. MLS is a very attractive place to come, especially if you're coming from Latin America. You know what? The paychecks always clear the bank every time. Right. The training facilities are pretty good. Yes, there's a lot of travel, but you stay in nice hotels. You travel. Now you travel charter. Everything, you know, it, it, you can go out at night with your family to, to dinner and not get recognized. Um, those are a lot of things that are very valuable to players. And so – Maybe you give up a few dollars, but, you know, as as Bruce said, when Ashley Cole came here Nigel, and, and Nigel, you guys have already made. How much more money do you need? You've made your millions. Come here and close out your career. You know, enjoy yourself. Get happy. The game will become fun again. I can see a lot of guys that said, you know, I don't need to play in Syria ah, because I'm never going to go to the World Cup again. Let me play a couple of years in, in MLS. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. No, I mean, then that's and that could be the summing. I think you have a, a guy in Greg Vanny who can make some of those some of those discussions, right? You can have some of those talks. Always be in that conversation. Yep. Um, Sporting Kansas City, Real Salt Lake, sorry, Cincinnati, they're just not going to get those kind of guys. New York, Seattle, LA, Miami. yeah, Miami, yeah, Miami, yep, absolutely, Miami. Well, um, we looked at the chart. We've been paying attention to the chart the entire time, Kevin. The chart ends up not really being accurate, right? Because the LA Galaxy technically clinched a playoff spot with 47 points and not 48. Um, so 48 wasn't the target. They are in. I still think 48 is a good target if they want to sort of maybe hold on to that fifth place. Um, but I think right now, uh, a win guarantees them a fourth place and a home playoff game. Let's just, just imagine that for a second, though, Kevin. Um, and we'll come back to this chart in just a second. The LA Galaxy, at one point, not too long ago, were in ninth place in the Western Conference, right? They had been sinking. They have been diving. They have been dodging. Basically, at one point, they were at th in third place in the Western Conference, and that was the highest they got, and it was just basically a steady decline. We talked about July 4th being that high watermark for being in fourth position, and then they hadn't surpassed that or been in that since that win. Um, that they had over uh, Colorado that got them into the fourth place. And we thought that maybe with the draw or in fifth place and then with the draw, the Galaxy got in the fourth place, right? And you're like, there's no way they're going to hold on to it because Nashville's going to win. 
Well, Nashville didn't win. They ended up losing to Houston, who the LA Galaxy will play. So you look at the LA Galaxy through all of this and looking at the ups and downs and certainly... Uh, if you will remember our predictions, and let's, let, I'm going to be very transparent about this. I don't believe that this is a correct prediction, but I said I thought the Galaxy were going to be a top three team in the West, right? Because I thought there would be, I knew LAFC, I didn't think it was going to be Austin. I thought it might be somebody else, but somebody was going to get in there, and then it was going to be the Galaxy. Well, the Galaxy have a chance on Sunday to finish in the third spot. And if they finish in that third spot, that means my prediction was probably correct. However, my prediction couldn't have been more wrong because this team turned around whenever Ricky Pouge came on, whatever Gaston Brugman came in. Do you know how they did this? But Greg's been saying all along, the season starts with the last 10 games. And his point is that you want to finish the season hot. When you look at the history of teams that have done well in MLS Cup playoffs, it's very rarely supporter show winners. You and I were talking about that. Only one team in the last decade had won the Sporter Shield and MLS Cup, and that was Greg Vanny's Toronto team in 2017. Last club to do it in the last decade. It's generally a team that finishes in the mid-table. Seattle's great at that. Seattle never wins the conference, but always finishes mid-table, and then they get hot at the right time. The Galaxy are, uh, of the playoff contenders, the Galaxy are one of the three hottest teams in the Western Conference. The Galaxy in their last nine games, the final game will be the 10th of Greg's 10-game finishing streak. Right. The Galaxy are 3-1-5 for 14 points. Nashville has 14 points. Portland has 14 points. But they all they, they both lost three times. So the Galaxy got a point in in eight of those nine games. Nobody else nobody else got a point in eight of those nine games. And every time you get a point, you you know you, you're you're moving up. Oh, we oh we lost you again. You, we were doing so good again. Uh, it's listen. This is what, this is what we do. Go ahead. You said every time, Kevin. I think. Uh, what Am you I said back? is, yeah, you are back. Uh, every okay. time, every time you get a point, you know, you move up or at least you don't lose ground. So, so you were sort of in that mode. Yeah. But look at the teams that we, uh, that were up at the top and we thought we we're going to contend until the, the, the end Minnesota in the last nine games, they've gotten 10 points. They lost five times. RSL two, three, and four. They got nine points. Yep. Seattle, Seattle lost six of their last nine, seven points. This is a team that won CONCACAF Champions League. They had they all those teams were there, and, and I thought Seattle was going to really clean up. They had a very favorable schedule. They lost six of the last nine games. Eliminated. and Minnesota, they all dropped. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's important to point out uh, uh, Seattle is eliminated. They are they will not be in the postseason for the first time in their franchise history. Uh, that was thirteen straight seasons. I think somebody had. I think Eric sent me the meme, um, and basically it was you know it was with that at what cost you know oh so we'll let you win the CCL but at what cost? Well, you're going to have to miss the playoffs. You know it's it's yeah. one of those. So, uh, so so the Galaxy with fourteen points in those nine nine games. You know who didn't get fourteen points and still won Supporter Shield? LAFC. They're yep. four four and one in their last nine. Galaxy did better than the supporter shield winners when it counted. Um, which is when they needed to win. Which is weird to say because for the most part under Greg Vanny, that hasn't been the case. The Galaxy haven't been able to reach. And listen, I'll say that that even Saturday night was a bit of a letdown, right? Getting a draw, not a not a win. Now, Greg talked about the team being frustrated. Jonathan Bond talked about the team being frustrated, said they wanted to get a win. Uh, by the way, the last time the LA Galaxy won on a fan appreciation night or the last home game was 2017, where the year they won a, a wooden spoon, right? So, and when was the last time they played a home playoff game? Uh, 2016. Correct. So it's going to, this. there's some real chances here. That's why the Houston game matters. Now, Houston's going to be playing with nothing to lose. They've already been, they've already been eliminated. Um, they, then they, they beat, we all saw it Lake and they beat, um, and, and they beat Nashville, uh, Nashville yep. in the last two games. By the way, here's a question for you. Everyone's asking you what your, you know, worst 11 and all that. Okay, so when this streak started, remember that started with the Seattle game, 
actually started the week before with Vancouver, but that was in the neighborhood. There was a plane flying around Dignity Health Sports Park with a banner that said, Klein out, Jovan out. Now they're in the playoffs. The two guys that Jovan and Chris signed or instrumental in signing, Ricky Pooj and Gaston Bergman, are the reason they're there. So does Klein and Jovan get a pass or mm. are they still not? Really? Well, I, you know, I know in the chat room, people are saying, you know, it doesn't matter because you look at the past and, and everything that's going on. But certainly there's momentum on their side right now. Uh, by the way, a two dollars for a two dollar super chat from In Living Color Abroad says, Baxter, what are your sources saying about Cristiano Ronaldo coming to the L.A. Galaxy? Well, certainly with Manchester United uh, now admitting uh, that perhaps they will be willing to part with him in the in the winter transfer window. Um, you know what? That's a very interesting uh, observation because. Cristiano Ronaldo is not going to play for Portugal again in, in, in a major championship, certainly not in a World Cup. He's not going to play in 2026. Manchester United would love to get rid of that money somehow. Um, I've always felt all along, and I think a lot of other people felt this too, that Cristiano Ronaldo was going to go to Miami. I had heard at one point that he was in, thinking about buying a house there. Um, you know, He's fairly tight with, with Beckham. They play together in a couple of teams, I believe. Um, Miami seems to be the front runner. One of the things too, the uh, European players is Miami is so much closer to Europe. They can, they can actually go home on a, on a long weekend and, and come back to Miami. Um, that is something that you can't do in LA. Um, certainly if anyone's coming to LA to MLS though, I think the, the four teams, as you mentioned, Seattle, L I think LAFC galaxy, Seattle, another team that might, uh, get some people's attention would be Austin. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can understand that. I, no, I mean, I, I get all of it. I, I think that there, there has always been this rumor that has been sort of below the surface that Cristiano Ronaldo was going to end up with the, with the LA galaxy. I think there is a chance uh, you're going to have to need, you're going to need to go buy out Kevin Cabral. So Kevin, are you willing to spend five or $6 million and blow about, Oh, 11 to $15 million on Kevin Cabral. If it means bringing in Cristiano Ronaldo. And I talked to the hammer uh, and the hammer is my Portugal, my Portugal expert, right? So he's my Cristiano Ronaldo expert. And he says, listen, I said, so where are you going to put Cristiano Ronaldo? Well, he's kind of had to play with Chicharito. How are you going to do that? He goes, listen, he goes, Cristiano Ronaldo may not be able to play the wing for Portugal anymore. And he may not be able to play the wing for Manchester United, but you can bet your buddy can play the wing in major league soccer. Right. And I'm like, so you're going to go four, three, three with Costa on one side with, with Cristiano Ronaldo on one side and Chicharito up top. Is that what you're telling me? So I am, I'm just saying, don't count it out. All right. Yeah, don't count you know out. what? I think Ricky Pooch is a, could be a big part of that because he plays a European style, a big club, European style, uh, a game, it, you know, it, send send these guys some clips of some of his passes and say, this is the guy you're going to be playing with. You know, I, I was so surprised when Zalatan came because that was the 20, he was recruited by on that 2017 team. That was the team that his agent was looking at. And I'm sure he was going, oh my God, none of these guys could play anywhere close to uh, Zalatan's level. You looking at Bergman and, and, and Ricky Pooj, I think a European player will look at that and say, yeah, there's something, there's something about these guys. I can fit in here. Yeah, uh, I, I can see that. Uh, JT, by the way, gave us a $5 super chat. Uh, this is a good one. This one is up, uh, up your alley, Kevin. I'll let you, but you have to keep it short because it's definitely a side topic, not a main topic. Uh, JT gives a $5 super chat, says, with the new revelations against Timbers and Thorns organization, should MLS force Merritt Paulson to sell the team like NBA did to the Sun Sarver? I, can, can, I, can I go more than one word? You can go more than one word. I'm just saying be be. Yeah, no, I, 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 I think they should. I think NWSL should. I, I don't know if MLS can necessarily say what you did with your women's team affects what you do with the men's team. But 
we have you don't have to go to the to the Suns. You can look at what happened with Real Salt Lake. You know how they forced that team out to that ownership group out. Um, yeah, I, I think Mer- Merritt Paulson's on on borrowed time. By the way, this whole thing with the NWL and the women, this is just the very start. The fact that we now know so many people, Sunil Gulati, um, uh, on that Dan Flynn all knew about it and all did nothing. This is just the very start of this scandal. It's going to get huge. Kevin, have you ever have? Let's see. How can I say this? I it was fun. I talked to somebody at the game, and they came up and said, "Thank you for what we do." It was really nice for for the for this gentleman to come up. He goes, "Me and my kids listen to your show all the time," and I'm like, "I'm hoping most of the jokes that we make go over their head." He goes, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, you're good." I'm like, "Okay." So I'm trying to think about how to keep this PG 13 ish, but with the amount of super chats coming in and the amount of money coming in, there's like a weather event. If you think about like weather with with water droplets and coming down and that's what's happening with the money right now. You know, it's making it, I don't, I feel like well, if see, we, parents, you can be bought, you can yeah. give up your, I, your I, value. I mean, your, I mean, basically what I'm saying is, uh, the chat room making it rain right now. Um, the, uh, what the, what the wants to give me, what is it? A, a CU? CU? Is that like whenever you call the pigs at home? Is that what it is? Do I know? I don't know. Am I not, am I not cool enough? See? I'm not cool enough. Chris gave us a $10 super chat says, if you want to give Klein Vanny blame for the Cabral, then you need to give them the same credit for shoring up the middle with two of the best Absolutely. moves in MLS season. hundred percent. Always have to. I wrote, I wrote that this weekend. I wrote and, the very same thing. Pointing out the banner and just said the weekend the banner came. Nikki uh, Ricky Pooj makes his debut. Yeah, Nikki Nikki Pooj too. You, both of those Pooj, guys. Yeah. They, they both came in here. Um, Nikki, yeah, twin brother. Yeah, and, and um, it, so so you see that. But it's always been that way. But you have to look at it on balance, right? So you have to look at the Giovanni Dos Santos. You have to look at the Stephen Gerrard. You have to look at the Robbie Keynes. You have to look at the David Beckham's. Right? You have to do all these things. And balance that, and you have to look at results of what is happening within the LA Galaxy as well. Um, Robert gave us a $2 super chat and says, Josh, can we get a, a golazo? Did I say it right? Did I say it? Go- how, do you say, how do you say it, Kevin? How do you say go- go- golazo? Golazo? Golazo. Yeah, that's what I think it is. Okay, there we go. Um, uh, see you, I guess, is what they wanted. A see you? I don't know. I don't. I don't. I have no idea what you're doing right now. I am. People can just, I, as you said, I am basically for sale. I want people to know that um, at all times. I am not above that at all. Let's get to the, uh, to, we talked about the chart. Galaxy needing one more point to get to the 48 points. We'll see if that's realistic. Ultimately, three points gets them to 50. 50 would do uh, go a long way in being one of the better seasons. 2019 had 51 points, right? 47. I'm telling you, even if the LA Galaxy, Kevin, finish on the same number of points as last year, at 47, which I don't expect them to do. I think they're going to show something in Houston. That's a Thursday talk, not a Monday talk. But I, if they sit at 47, knowing that Nashville was inserted into the Western Conference this year, these teams are not the same. You know, one of these things doesn't belong here. One of these things is kind of the same. That's Sesame Street song from back in the day, right? The A 47-point season this year is better than a 47-point season last year. You can argue about that. I love for people to roll your eyes about that. But if you can't see how the LA Galaxy are playing, especially in these last 10, 12 games, you're not paying attention. Um, so anyway, that's where we're, we're at. 47 points uh, for the LA Galaxy. You get a chance to go up against Houston. One of the things we wanted to talk about was what the playoff schedule looks like. Uh, you were saying that you were sort of discussing some of this with, with somebody at the Galaxy. Was that like... Yeah, I, I was talking to Chris Klein about it, and, and apparently the first round of the playoffs will be there'll be games Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. But the Saturday games are both very early. Um, and Chris said he didn't see any way that they would play Saturday. He didn't know. We don't... 
at that point when we had the conversation, the galaxy weren't even in the playoffs. Right. Um, so we were just speaking hypothetically. He said he didn't see any any way the galaxy would play if they made the playoffs play on Saturday. The games were just too early. Right. Um, and the Monday night game, um, that one seems a little bit in flux too. I, I know you said Cal State Dominguez Hills is still is not a problem anymore with playing on on the campus during a school night. But uh, you know, I, I I think the idea is the sweet spot is Sunday. I think it's the second game on Sunday, which would be I believe five o'clock. Yes, correct at five p.m. Uh, here's how it goes: is Saturday, October fifteenth. These are all in Pacific time. Saturday, October fifteenth. Uh, there's a nine a.m. game and a twelve p.m. game. Okay, you you were right. Those are both Pacific time. Those are both early. There's no way the Galaxy are playing nine a.m. There's unlikely they're going to play at twelve p.m. Although I've seen that before. All right, so twelve p.m. Sunday. There's a twelve p.m. game and a five p.m. game. The five p.m. game on the West Coast is probably one of those that, that probably fits pretty well in there. And then Monday they have times to be determined. Um, and so those are the chances, right? Then you go to Thursday, October 20th, uh, times to be determined on Fox Deportes and, and FS1. Sunday, October 23rd is 12 p.m. and 5 p.m. Conference finals, two games Sunday, October 30th, just in case you're keeping track, so not on Halloween. And then MLS Cup is on uh, Saturday, November 5th. It's 1 p.m. Pacific time kickoff. All right, so an early game. The broadcasters have to think about is is the Saturday games are going to go at, th- at that time, 9 a.m. And, and 12 p.m. on well, on the East Coast, too, they're going to go up against college football on the games on on Sunday and Monday are going to go up against NFL games. Yep. Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. It will. And that's why they're going to try to pick. They'll pick and choose which which teams they sort of want to be in there. I am personally for reasons of which I like chaos would really like to see Portland not make the playoffs. Um, maybe for some of the stuff that has also come out, but also for the fact that I want uh, very little Pacific Northwest uh, teams in there. So if Portland could drop below the line and Vancouver could drop below the line, I would very much enjoy that. But that means RSL would pop up uh, in order to but do yeah, that. You, you, you pointed out that Vancouver is still alive, even with a minus 15 goal differential. Yes. That if they win and Real Salt Lake loses, right? Because that's what it is. If they win and Real Salt Lake loses, they would tie Real Salt Lake, but they would have the tiebreaker, which is total wins. Here is your schedule. All right. And let's get this. Uh, let's let's just talk about it. Decision day is very, very simple, right? There's going to be an Eastern Conference kickoff, which means all teams in the Eastern Conference play. And there's going to be a Western Conference to kick off. All the teams of the Western Conference will play. It is Eastern Conference versus Eastern Conference team and Western Conference versus Western Conference teams, there are right? No interconference, no interconference games. So 1130 a.m. Pacific time is whenever the Eastern Conference is going to start. Those, I think it's an 1155 kickoff time. Um, so imagine that that just uh, progresses through a little bit, right? So 11.55 is where you want to see that go. And then at 2 p.m. Pacific time on Sunday, all of the Western Conference games kick off. They will actually kick off at 2.18, I believe is what I wrote down somewhere. 2.18, I believe, 18 minutes after 2 o'clock. And the game right now uh, against Houston uh, is going to be on Spectrum Sportsnet and LAGalaxy.com. That is the last broadcast for that crew. You had the last broadcast of Joe and Kobe and Nikki on Spectrum Sportsnet from the home field. They do not travel to these games, so they will not be there at all that I know unless they suddenly change that. Um, but we weren't expecting them to go. Um, and we had some conversations that said that they weren't expecting to go. Um, so that's uh, that's the yes. Nikki Triple P was uh, had some interesting comments about the difficulties of being a sideline reporter when you're in the studio two time zones away. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it, it's absolutely difficult. Um, 
the whole deal on that. Uh, you know, I also would say, you know, Christian Miles had a he had a radio call uh, for the Galaxy, and I would imagine that that could be his last uh, radio call uh, for the LA Galaxy as well. So there's just a lot of things coming up. Here's what it looks like in the Western Conference. Austin is hosting Colorado. Dallas is hosting Sporting Kansas City. If the LA Galaxy want third place, they have to win, and Dallas has to lose. So you'll be rooting for Sporting Kansas City to beat Dallas. Uh, Dallas has the home game. It's Houston hosting the LA Galaxy. It's LAFC hosting Nashville. You would so the idea is you got to do better than Nashville in order to try to keep your spot. But there's also teams underneath. So we already showed you the 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 table and which teams can catch the LA Galaxy. The bottom line is a lot of teams can catch the LA Galaxy. Um, so they need to be careful with all this again. <laughs> Yeah, between third and seventh is where the Galaxy can finish. So a win would guarantee at least fourth uh, and possibly third, depending on the Dallas outcome. Okay, uh, Minnesota is hosting Vancouver. That is going to be a play-in game, right? So we we there are no such things as play play-in games in Major League Soccer, uh, not yet. But this ends up being one just by the the schedule. So two if, points separate them. Two points separate them. So. Vancouver wins, they're in. Right. Minnesota wins. Yeah, Minnesota wins, they're in, right? Salt, and then the other playing game ends up being Salt Lake and Portland, right? And so Salt Lake trying to get into there and do those things. So Salt Lake and Portland is another playing game. So we're that's in that's in uh, Utah. It is. is it, uh, yep. RSL has it at home, right? The final game is between two uh, two game two teams who are already uh, uh, what is it not. Uh, kicked out of the playoffs. What is it? Eliminated. That's the word. Uh, eliminated Seattle and San Jose down there at the bottom. So all the games go off at the same time. That's the idea behind the simultaneous kickoffs is you don't have an advantage. Now, we know that we can watch multiple games at a time, so we will be watching multiple games at a time next Sunday to try and figure all this stuff out. Uh, that, that's pretty interesting that really only, well, I guess Austin, Colorado, it, it, that, that's not going to have any effect on the playoff parents either, but but really only one game not involving playoff teams. It's just like two eliminated teams. That's, that's pretty good scheduling. Yeah, I, I think so as well. Um, let's see. By the way, what the says the uh, the Sui uh, was uh, was Chris, is Cristiano Ronaldo's celebration. I didn't know that. $2 super chat for for in, for making me smarter. Uh, a $2 super chat from Misanthrope. Uh, we appreciate that. Uh, and they're saying <laughs> everybody's just having me pronounce things now. I feel like this is like, uh, like some, they, like do it. Yeah. I, because they know you're going to say it wrong. Yeah, Most yeah. of this is like Duolingo stuff. Now it's like, you know, donde esta la biblioteca. I feel like that's where we're going with this. Um, Caceres, uh, wants me to pronounce Caceres. I thought I was doing a good job with Caceres. Maybe I wasn't. Who knows? I, I give up. Uh, and then, uh, Tim with the $2 super chat says, who do you want to play first in the playoffs? Um, I, I just want, I think I would prefer the LA galaxy have a home game because then I will be able to go to it because otherwise, although Kevin, as I think we were pointed out, and I don't know if you were in that conversation or not, but the LA galaxy, if they do end up on a, on an away game, they have this charter airplane. If they want reporters to go cover them at these places, they should put us on the charter airplanes that way that we can go because otherwise I can't afford to go there. It's not going to happen. They, they use all the super chat money. They they wouldn't tell me the contract situation. Now you're now you're boarding the plane with them. Yes. By by the way, the Galaxy are not like Philadelphia or LAFC. Some of these teams that have tremendous home road splits. You know where they're so much better at at home than they are on the road. Galaxy are not in that position. Um, That doesn't mean home field advantage is not important to them. It's just that there is not this huge split. So when you talk about who would you rather have them play first? 
Yes. Oh, you disappeared. Okay, good. I will pick up, pick up on your 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 road and, and home thing and who you want to play first. Uh, you're right. The LA Galaxy had 19 points on the road this year. They had 19 points last year on the road. The Galaxy had 28 points at home. That's one less than the 29 points that they had at home last year. Did, did we get you back? Uh, I've always been here. Yeah, I, know I was gone. No, you were you were gone for a little bit. So like when you so you were you were saying that whenever you're trying to figure out who you want to play first, maybe it doesn't matter whether or not they go on the road at home. Yeah, and I was just saying that a good matchup for them would be finishing seventh, which they don't want to do. But then they would get Austin. They've already beat Austin twice, right? Austin doesn't want to play the. I told I told the story on Thursday. Something has changed within Major League Soccer. Nobody wants to play the LA Galaxy all of a sudden. Um, well, different. it's a totally different team. It is. It is. It's absolutely a totally different team. I know. I know. That's why my hold their third best team in the Western Conference makes no sense. I got that way wrong. Even if they end up finishing third, I'm not right. Um, I, really like, I really want to see Ricky Pooj against that LAFC midfield. I think that LAFC's midfield is so good. And I think Ricky Pooj is would, would really, it would be a great, a great matchup. I think that'd be a fun game. Paul gives us a $2 super chat says, how do you feel about playing LAFC at Bank of California? Listen, I think that if you're the LA galaxy, you are, you are absolutely ready and willing to go into Bank of California stadium, and play LAFC, whether it is the second game that you play or whether it's the third game, whether it's the Western conference finals, it, I, we were discussing this in a group chat that we were had. And it was one of those and, and with some fans and they were, they were saying, they're like, well, you know, if you don't play LAFC in that second game, if you get past the first round of the playoffs, you go into the second game and then you're not playing. That means you could get them in the Western conference finals. Tell me you wouldn't want a Western conference finals between LA galaxy and LAFC at Bank of California. Stadium. If you're an LA Galaxy fan, quite honestly, you should be begging for that matchup. Absolutely begging for that matchup because that's where the immortality lies, right? That's where the big hit to everything. That's where you can send shockwaves across the world when you can announce it. Because if you go, Kevin, as the LA Galaxy who haven't made the playoffs since 2019 and only twice since 2017, if you go in there with the middle of the season that you had and you sort of limp into the playoffs, although you are one of the stronger teams as you hit it, you peaked at the right time and you go in there having beat beaten LAFC at home already, beaten them in in the U.S. Open Cup, having lost the game at Bank of California Stadium, then you go and knock them out of the playoffs. That's where shockwaves and ripples happen. Well, so the LAFC has made the playoffs three of the last four seasons. Galaxy made the playoffs once in the last five seasons. Um, guess how? Guess how many playoff games each team has won? Yep. In that time, they've each won one. Yep, that's it. Yep, absolutely. That's it. And so, I mean, and that's one of those things, by the way, Jim, uh, Jim, Jimmy gave us a $20 super chat. We appreciate that. Uh, wow. yeah, I know we're, it is there's your, there's your airfare. Yeah. Uh, almost there. I can almost go to Nashville if they ended up playing Nashville, uh, the five, four matchup that I think everybody was wanting and everybody needed. Um, I'm trying to see the galaxy weekly schedule. Uh, I want to get to that. Basically, uh, they're training Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, whatever it is, um, <laughs> all the way until Friday. Uh, Friday, they will tra- they will train in the morning and then travel to Houston game on Sunday. All right. So I imagine on Saturday, they'll actually train in Houston. Um, and I'm trying to think if I have that. Yeah, I do have it. Okay, good. Uh, training today. The team is off on Wednesday. Uh, they have We have a, uh, media availability on Thursday. Friday, training in the a.m., travel to Houston in the p.m. Uh, LA Galaxy training in Houston a.m. on Saturday and then the game at 2 p.m on Sunday, October 9th. So that is your schedule. Now, final bit of business before we get out of here, Kevin. Uh, Today, the LA Galaxy sent out media voting for the 2022 end of year awards. Uh, This is something that we have voted on now. I voted on it for all years, except for the one where they handed it to Giovanni Dos Santos. 
Um, and so having said that, I voted, if this is my 14th season, I voted 13 times, I believe, um, for all of these. Do you use the Dominion voting system? Because you know that's run by the Venezuelans. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think we're okay. Uh, this is a ranked voting system. I'm always, I'm a big fan of ranked voting systems. So they asked media, sure, sure. yeah, they asked media members uh, to give their top three players for player of the year. Um, and then the top three players for defender of the year. All right. If you'll remember last year, Chicharito was your player of the year. Julian Araujo was your defender of the year. I actually thought Julian Araujo was player of the year last year, but hey, that's just me. Um, and and then Javier Hernandez ended up being the golden boot winner. Uh, the humanitarian of the year was Julian Araujo last year as well. So we only get to vote. We do not vote on humanitarian of the year. We do not. Um, so we get to vote on player of the year, defender of the year. Let's start with defender of the year. Uh, you and I did not talk about our votes before we made the vote. I already voted. Did you, you already voted too, right? Yeah. Okay. So we both already voted. They're already cast. Uh, I've been looking at people. I asked for people's suggestions. I, I already voted before I did this, but I asked for people's suggestions on Twitter. The answers vary wildly. In fact, I don't remember a year where they've been this wild. Like people are throwing out all sorts of crazy stuff out there. I'm like, Hey, do whatever, whatever floats your boat. I'm all for it. Okay. And People are asking, well, can Jonathan Bond be player of the year? Absolutely. You know, can can Chicharito be defender of the year? Yes, he can. Like, there's no rules in any of this. You're allowed to choose whoever you're doing. I generally choose within a certain parameters that I set up myself and what I see. Um, but there are no rules to this. I think we voted like, a, you know, a midfielder defender of the year before. Right. You know, those types of things. Yeah. So you can do I that. voted for Kevin Cabral because he spent more time in the field without contributing to a goal than anybody. That's a defender's job. That, right? is, that is a defender's job. Yeah. No, you didn't. Uh, so let's do uh, defender of the year. Who was your first, second and third? I went Sega, uh, Joanna Rajo and Jonathan Bond. And without Kevin and I. Having talk about this, we both voted for the same people um, in in the, same in the same thing. I people a lot of people are saying Jonathan Bond deserves to be player of the year or defender of the year. And I said he's been inconsistent for me. He's had chances. He's done well with some of those chances. He's done poorly with some of those chances. For the most part, I don't blame him for the majority of the goals that were scored on him. But at the same time, I think he could do better. Julian Rajo was very up and down this year. Having said that, nine assists. Uh, that goes along with some some very good defending in spots. Uh, I can put him in a second. I think he deserves to be there. And I wouldn't be surprised if people decided that he was the best defender this year. Certainly can. For me, Sega Koulibaly has, you're not going to get like the high and the highs and the low and the lows. For me, Sega has been a steady contributor throughout the entire year. And that's why I gave him defender of the year. So, okay. Um, let's do our player of the year, Kevin. Uh, player of the year. Uh, what were your top three there? I went Chicharito, Ricky Puj, and changed the season. He deserves to be in there. And then Dejan Jovic. Okay, so we we differed here, but we had all the same three people. I went Chicharito, I went uh, Dejan Jovic, and I went Ricky Puj. I agree with you that Ricky deserves to be in there. In fact, I wanted Brugman to be in there as well. I think Brugman has had such a huge effect on this team that I thought about putting him both on the defender of the year. I thought he was more on the player of the year side whenever you really think about it, right? But them not having the minutes. And then you look at what Jovalich has done with limited minutes. For me, he was second. I can understand why people don't want to be, make Chicharito be a player of the year. But bottom line is that without Chicharito's goals this year, the LA Galaxy aren't anywhere well, near. And the same well, goes with Dayon, right? Well, Dayon was kind of the sexy pick. The cool kids were picking him just to be different. I, I felt, you know what? Chicharito has 17 goals, leads the, league, leads the team in goals. I also did a little bit of research on that. He scored in... He, his 17 goals have come in 13 games. He had you know, a couple of braces. When he scores a goal, 
the Galaxy are 9-2-2. Two, and two. So they've lost two, two times in 13 games that he scored. The Galaxy have only won 13 games. Nine of those 13 games uh, were games uh, uh, in which Chicharito scored. So when he scores, the Galaxy have success. I know that sounds obvious, but, um, you know, it doesn't always – that coalition isn't always there. If we looked at when, when Dayon scores, I don't know that the percentages would be that – that high. That's that's pretty good. Nine of the nine of your thirteen wins when your captain scores. The uh, Dayon deserves so much in the limited amount of minutes that he got. Uh, he needs to be in there. I think you're right that Pooch also needs to be in there. You need to recognize what an effect he's had on this. If this if Pooch was able to come in a month earlier, I might be able to give him Player of the Year just for how he's been able to turn things around. Uh, you certainly can't minimize the contributions, and we'll see what the voting says. Maybe Ricky Pooch will end up being Player of the Year. No idea. Um, it's very scattered. It's very much scattered. And I understand that. And I understand why the reasons that people feel that way in all these different situations is just, you know, I I genuinely try to go into a little bubble whenever I do these and not necessarily take a whole bunch of outside views on stuff. But I do have a conversation with a couple people that are sort of like, huh, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's, by the way, Chris says $10 super chat, uh, galaxy was going nowhere fast until Pooh showed up and changed the trajectory. He's hands down the winner, except the galaxy were a very good team at the beginning of the season. So like, you can't say that they were, again, I agree with you, Chris, that Ricky Pooh has had a tremendous effect. So has Gaston Brugman. And I don't know that you can separate the two of those in order to say that they're absolutely one is better than the other in what they have been able to do. I think that Ricky Pusch has been outstanding, but he plays in a more offensive role and he's been able to lead to more goal contributions. Gaston Brugman scored some goals, right? And put a lockdown in the center of midfield, right? They're both important. So if you could give, you know, a co, and if these guys were here a month earlier, maybe you could say that. But the Galaxy were a good team at the beginning of the year. They slumped in the middle and that's when Dayon Jovalich stepped up to really carry the LA Galaxy for a while while Chicha slumped. Um, and so you can look at all those things for me and I, I still stand by, I don't disagree with other people's uh, opinions, but Ricky Pooch, I do not think is going to be the player of the year. You know, Ricky, Ricky has not done a lot of media since he's been here because he doesn't want to do it in English. He just wants to do it in Spanish, which really isn't a problem when you think of the majority of our media people do speak Spanish. He was at the season ticket, uh, holder event the other day after training. And, and I actually spoke to him as he came out the field and I addressed him in Spanish and said, you know, welcome to LA and, and how are you doing and everything. He uh, responded to me in perfect English. His English is really, really good. Yeah. Um, once he gets comfortable with it, I think you're going to see. Uh, you know, I, Chris Klein told me that they're already thinking about ways that they can use him um, and 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 raise his profile. I mean, he's a good-looking kid. He's got a great smile. Um, he's the star of the team. Um, he's got a lot going for him. He's got that pedigree too, kind of like Chicharito when he came in. You know, he didn't come from Parma like Brugman did. Now, that's not a knock on Parma, but it's not Barcelona. Right. You know, the the, the casual fan knows Barcelona. Yep. You say, here's Ricky Pooch from Barcelona. Um, I think you're going to see, my point is, I think you're going to see a lot of him next year. Yeah, very, very well could. And and I think that's probably the, uh, the, the correct thing for the LA Galaxy. Again, I don't know how long uh, you're going to see uh, Ricky Pusch stay in Major League Soccer with all this. So it, again, super interesting times. Uh, really interesting to see what the offseason brings. But before the offseason, Kevin, we actually get to do something we haven't done since 2019, which is have a special playoff edition of the show whenever it is actually time for the playoffs. So I'm excited about that, uh, that we get to bring you that and get you into the postseason. And the Galaxy season does not end this year after 34 games. It'll at least be 35 uh, whenever you look at the, the playoffs and everything is going. So excited for that. And then obviously, 
obviously on Thursday night, we're going to get you ready for the Houston game and, and bring you all the news that we have leading up to that. And we'll probably get into some of the postseason stuff that I was trying to get to tonight, but ended up being uh, a little bit. So, I, I forget the po- the playoff shows. It's been so long since we did one of those. Did we pour champagne on each other? Is that how that No, goes? no, oh. no, no. I mean, I have champagne. You have nothing. That's really how it works. That's why. That's what I use all these super chats for. Yeah, I have used super chats. I just buy the champagne. You for should me. use them for the tra- uh, plane fare. I, I mean, listen, it all goes to the same place, my friend. All right. It is all one big giant pot. I, I put it back into the show. To, I know it doesn't go to me. Yeah, it doesn't go to your salary. Absolutely not. You got a, you got a shirt. You got a couple shirts out of it. I mean, at least you got a, you got a polo. Yeah. So I don't know what you're complaining about. Jeez. Oh, man. I did. Uh, so, OK, I think we're good. I don't think I don't have anything else. Do you have anything else? You want to go to bed? It's late for you, so we can. Yeah, it's uh, it, in my undisclosed location. It's eleven fifteen. There you already. go. Yeah, the, the undisclosed Veracruz location. We will not tell everybody where you are. We promise. Um, all right, I think that's it, uh, Kevin. If you're looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter on Twitter, it's at kbaxter11. Uh, head on over to latimes.com, and of course, you can subscribe to Kevin's wonderful newsletter. He's going to have a lot of stuff. I think about the NWSL and the investigation that just came out, and there's a lot of good stuff. So subscribe to that newsletter for all of your Southern California and national news about soccer from Mr. Kevin Baxter. All right. Uh, if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Gessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N. And of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com where you can find the videos, the podcast, all that fun stuff is right there for you. All right. That about does it for Mr. Kevin, the Panda Baxter. I'm Josh Pato Gessman. You've been listening. You've been watching to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. $2 super chat to Paul, by the way. Thanks, Paul. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.